On today's episode of Industry Matters, we are once again talking competitive bidding with VP of Regulatory Affairs for VGM's Government Relations Team, Mark Higley. Mark, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here as always. So, Mark, in case anybody's been living under a rock for the past several months, let's start out with a high-level overview of the new competitive bidding program. What's happening? Why is it happening? And tell us a little bit about some of the victories that you've won while you've worked with CMS and been pounding the pavement. That's a good term that you use, Brian, some victories. We have for years been offering CMS improvements to the bid program. And I think finally they recognize the efforts of VGM and our stakeholder partners throughout the industry that the auction has just got to change. It has not worked. It has resulted in tremendously low reimbursements. Uh, delay of access, and and most of of your listeners here are are well aware of the problems that have happened over, oh my gosh, over the last decade with regard to this competitive bidding program. (laughs) So by a final rule, the the program came to a halt as of uh, the first of the year. We've got a a two-year period. They call it the gap period. And we've got um, a new program that's coming. And you mentioned the term under the rock. I like that. And we are concerned about that because whether we like it or not, not everyone is a VGM member and not everyone belongs to their state and national associations. So we did, through a Freedom of Information Act request, get a listing of all the locations that are eligible to bid on this next program, which will start, by the way, January 1, 2021. And we put together an informational mailer that has uh, gone out last week, and many of your listeners should be receiving that, if not this week, early next week. And it has the, the basic information and some, some areas into which they can obtain additional information. So let's do the overview real quickly. There is lots of information available right now on the Internet. As before, the the CBIC, it's the Competitive Bid Implementation Contractor, which is Palmetto GBA, is at dmecompetitivebid.com. And somewhat simply, the request for bid instructions are there, the fact sheets are there, and the timelines are there. And I'm also very proud of uh, VGM input, again with our stakeholder partners, that we've created a new education site, which has got some tools and for your listeners, let me give you that URL. It's DME, as in Competitive Bid Program. So DME, C, B, P, Education.com. I urge all the people today to begin now. And even if they're not in a competitive bid area, virtually all the suppliers that we represent are affected by what's going to be the results of this next competitive bid program. So when I was taking a look at the notes that you sent to me, Mark, one of the things that I saw in there that I hadn't heard about yet was the bid ceiling. Can you talk a little bit about the the bid limits for the upcoming auction and what our listeners need to know about with regard to that? Sure. And this is an area of, of much confusion, and I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Throughout the years, we have begun bidding against the, the, the fee schedule, but through various legislation, including the Affordable Care Act, that fee schedule has decreased in many cases 50 to 60 percent. And there was a concern that if we would continue to bid against that fee schedule, which is then the upper limit, that ceiling that you're referencing, 
that we'd, we'd bid it down to, to nothing in a non-sustainable amount. So by rulemaking and then by the request for bid instructions that everyone will have access to now, the bid ceiling is reverting back to the 2015 fee schedule plus those years of inflation through 2019. Let's give you a simple example. A lot of um, our our good customers uh, are in the oxygen business. Back in 2015, it was $180.92. It's been reduced since then to, unfortunately, the high 60s and low 70s. So the the ceiling or the starting point for this auction that will begin uh, shortly, and we'll review those timelines, reverts back to the $180.92 plus three years of inflation. So it's almost $190. Now, Brian, what the problem is, is CMS is a webinars. They reference this new bid ceiling by the 2019 unadjusted fee schedule. But several of our customers are saying, that means we're starting again at $72. No, unadjusted means if there was no competitive bidding, and there was an allotment for the uh, the consumer price index inflation, that's where we would be today. So when you hear 2019 fee schedule or unadjusted fee schedule, the good news is it's $190 oxygen. CPAP, Brian, has gone from, this is a monthly amount, from 41 back to 110. Wow. That's an incredible change. So again, this is detailed in the um, in the education website that I mentioned, and again, your our, our customers should start uh, reading right now because let me give you the dates real quickly. You can register on um, dmecompetitivebid.com uh, as of June 10th, just uh, as we're recording this at the end of May, so less than two weeks from now, and that actual bid window will open uh, July 16th. And as before, it'll close two months later. So while the program doesn't start until January 1, 2021, the timeline is relatively short. We're not going to get in the weeds today of all the um, application processes, but there's a software that the CBIC uses called Connection, which is explained very clearly under the, the main website that allows individuals or companies that have never um, gone through this process before to get a user ID, a password, and all the usual entry information. So, so far, so good. And again, I'll, I'll just urge once more, the timing's getting short, so it's it's time to, to look at those websites now. Mark, one of the things that I want to talk about this time that I don't think that we touched on in great detail the last time we talked together is the surety bonds that are necessary in order to enter bids. Can you tell us why these bonds are necessary, how our listeners go about getting them, and any important dates that are related to the process of obtaining one? Most of the supplier community have heard the words surety bonds before because under uh, statute, every location that is uh, serving patients with an MPI number needs an enrollment surety bond. It's used to protect against overpayments and, and other issues. These bonds, while they are still offered by surety underwriters, I wish they would call them more bid bonds than surety bonds. So to be clear, they're separate. Recognizing that All of our customers have the surety bonds for enrollment now. These are different. You need to uh, secure a bid bond, and the amounts are in $50,000 increments 
per competitive bidding area. So by way of example, if you're bidding in the Chicago metropolitan area, which is actually three separate CBAs by county, you would need to secure three bid bonds. Some of the VGM members bid the entire state. I think in Florida, there's 10, maybe 11 competitive bid areas. So it doesn't matter what categories you're bidding on, whether it's one, two, three, or all the way up to the 16 that are offered in this round, it's one bid bond per CBA. Now, recognizing that VGM is in the insurance business, VGM still maintains the largest footprint of not only the enrollment bonds, but the bid surety bonds. And those are available through VGM's underwriting partner, Lexon. There's a link in the request for bid instructions and on the fact sheets from the competitive bid contractor, Palmetto, that takes the reader on the internet to the government surety website with all of the approved government sureters. There's over 270 of them. Unfortunately, for the confusion of our good member customers, only a handful offer the DME bonds, whether for enrollment and even fewer for the bid bonds. Accordingly, for information, you may simply go on the internet to vgminsurance.com and one of the results will indicate the phone numbers and information about how to secure a bid bond. So to be clear, there are likely other bond underwriters out there. We just haven't found any yet. The, uh, <laughs> I, I, again, VGM's had a large footprint, and arguably it is a niche market. And, and, and again, so, so full disclosure, VGM is in this business, but um, we know what we're doing at the insurance division, and I urge people to contact them for more information. All right, Mark. So I think a lot of the confusion that surrounds this new auction is this new idea of lead item pricing. And I know that you've been traveling around and beating that drum really hard, but just in case our listeners aren't familiar with that particular aspect of this, can you let them know what sure. the lead item pricing is, let them know about some potential challenges, and also tell them about your calculator because that's pretty cool. I will. The, um, the lead item pricing was an issue that was brought up almost a decade ago by the series of auction experts and economists that wrote our then president suggesting that the auction is flawed in that there are hundreds and hundreds of HICPIC codes. And you might remember the name Peter Crampton was the, the lead auction expert that actually testified in front of Congress and to individuals at CMS that said there is absolutely no basis for having to offer a price, a bid amount, for these hundreds and hundreds of codes where most of the categories had a few or one individually that was the driver of the reimbursement for the category. CPAP, by example, was the EO601, and oxygen is, again, as most of your listeners would know, would be the stationary concentrator. So this auction only includes the supplier community to bid on one HICPIC code, which is the highest uh, utilization item within the 16 categories. And by utilization, I, I don't mean just the number of, of items that are, that are placed, but it's uh, a combination of the price of the item, 
versus the number of items that are placed into the Medicare fee-for-service community. So it's a simpler auction, but it is fraught with some peril. This is where it gets a little dicey to explain on a short interview like this today, and hence the reason we made this bid calculator that's available at DME CBP, like Competitive Bid Program Education.com. And, and here's the quick version, Brian. Of all the items that are no longer bid, they're still under the contract of they must be offered to the Medicare fee-for-service patient. Somewhat simply stated, the discount from the big item, the lead item, will be the same discount taken off all the other HICPIC codes. Unfortunately, through previous rounds, some of these lead items, let's call them again the big items, have been much more discounted than the other accessories, the resupply items, the fulfillment items, you, you can think CPAP, such that while we're going back to that high bid ceiling that you mentioned, which is two to two and a half times higher than the current fee schedule, discounts similar to those today it, because they'll be applied equally to these accessories, these resupply items might make the supplier upside down as compared to where they're at today. In other words, an even worse reimbursement, even though that lead item might be at a higher price. So the um, supplier that are going to bid can go onto this calculator. You'll see what the bid ceiling is. Again, it's about two to two and a half times higher than today's current reimbursement fee schedules. And it, the calculator will indicate for the accessory items that are not being bid upon, whether you're receiving more reimbursement than today or worse. And we use a simple red-green format. And there are some other tools that are on the calculator to input your, your cost of goods sold, profit, indirect costs, and so on and so forth. But before I forget, I wanted to mention one thing when we were talking about the bid surety bonds. While those bid surety bonds are frequently at a 1% fee or more, we as an industry, and VGM specifically, endorsed the use of these bid bonds. Not to add an additional several hundred dollar burden per CBA to our clients. We believe it'll have a chilling effect for those suppliers that have been frequently bidding at no cost out of state, out of area, and in areas in which they have had no experience. John Gallagher, who you've, you've had before um, with you, has created graphs that show that 60 to 65% of contractors, the companies that have contractors in their 130 bid areas, are out of state or out of area. And it's ridiculous for good patient care and good patient access. Because there is, as Peter Crampton said, the professor that I referenced, this is pay-to-play, and I believe you'll have hundreds of less inappropriate bidders bidding out of state. Now, I'm not saying this is for some of our larger regional customers that have been around and are familiar with expansion into other markets. I'm talking about those that virtually have had no experience in the area, are of insufficient size to be bidding dozens, if not a hundred plus competitive bidding areas and so forth. So it's a win for the industry. Less inappropriate bidders, 
will result in higher reimbursements over, overall. So with the combined higher bid ceiling, the lead item to simplify it, though I again, I please use the calculator, there's one other uh, leg on this table that I think you're going to ask me about, and that is that maximum winning bid or well, clearing price. Don't wait for me, Mark. Go right into right. it. I can tell you're eager. All right. Again, this is this is the auction experts expressing their dismay about a real flaw in the old auction. And again, somewhat simply stated, once the the agency, uh, CMS's contractor, the CBIC, received the bids for a certain bid area by a certain category, after the non-acceptable bids were removed, those non-accredited, non-licensed, not bonafide from bidding way too low, those bids were arrayed from low to high. And when there was sufficient amount of companies, you might be familiar there on these forms, companies enter quantities, units that they're offering into the area for the, uh, for the year. When they've received sufficient a quantity of items that will satisfy the anticipated demand, the companies were arrayed from low to high. And then unbelievably, and most, most are aware, they took the middle company. So if there were 100 companies that were bidding on an area and 30 were accepted, the 15th company set the price for a year for all 30. So half of them were bid or paid less than they were bid. And half were um, also paid more than they were bid. So there's somewhat of an incentive to bid low just to get in. Crampton and his, his um, auction experts recognized that and they suggested no, that maximum winning bid. We call it the last person in or the last man in, but that isn't by timing. That isn't to say wait till the end of um, the bid window to place your bid. It's the highest bid in that will set the price for the category's lead item for the year, or actually for the three-year period. So by way of example, if again there's the same 30 bidders, everyone gets paid more than they bid except the 30th guy, or the 30th, <laughs> the 30th uh, company. So it's an improvement in just the spread from going from the median to the highest one in is easily 10 to 30% in most of the categories. That was the range. So we anticipate not just an improvement because of the higher bid ceiling, the restriction on appropriate uh, bidders from the bid surety bonds, less errors with lead item pricing, but this maximum winning bid mathematically should help the entire supplier community in the DME industry. And, and we'll see. The results will be in 2020. We'll, we'll have in the summer, the agency indicates we'll have an idea of the various uh, reimbursement amounts. Then there will be contracting, which takes a few months. We should have our final array of bidders in the fall of 2021. I'm sorry, in the fall of 2020. And the program will start January 1, 2021. Overall, and, and I work with a great group of analysts in the industry, these improvements, Brian, should put us back on course. I think we've reached a low point during the round two and round one recompetes. I think we're on our way back up. I think you'll see more appropriate suppliers servicing our patients. I think you'll see a better access because of more local and regional 
players that are in this market because of this bid bond. And so overall, we've got some, some positive anticipation. Well, that's definitely good news, Mark. So what else? Now that we've put all the legs on the table, as you put it, is there is there anything on the table that we haven't addressed yet that you'd like to before we sign off? We need to study up. There, there's still preparation that needs to be done. Uh, and again, all of this is, is, is detailed in the request for bid instructions, but it's time to secure credit reports. It's time to assemble your financials way beyond the scope of today's uh, short discussion here. But there's there's step-by-step instructions. And as always, if if any any of the listeners to for today's interview have questions, they can simply email me at mark.higley, H-I-G-L-E-Y, at VGM.com, and we can do some one-on-one. That's that's what I'm here for. We're also um, offering throughout the summer various events at, at the state level. There and again, uh, individuals can contact me. As we appear, my, my colleagues and I at various state association meetings, where this is going to be the soup du jour of the topic uh, throughout the rest of the summer. Well, Mark, on behalf of VGM and on behalf of all my listeners, I definitely want to thank you for all the hard work that you've put in. Hopefully, this new round of bidding achieves all of the good things that you've indicated that it should. Thank you very much, Mark, for giving us your time again today. I appreciate it. Sir. I appreciate it as well, Brian. Thank you very much for the opportunity.